Bible says in Romans chapter number 10, verse number 11, For the Scripture saith, Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed, for there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek, for the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. May I say to you this morning, hallelujah, that whosoever can call. That's a blessed truth. But look at verse number 11 when it says, For the Scripture saith, well, what Scripture saith? That'd be Isaiah chapter number 28. Let's go there. And this will be our first cross-reference that we're going to look at. For the Scripture saith, Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. Now Paul is dealing with Jewish people who have, well, some issues. One of them is they don't like the fact that the Gentile can just believe. And they don't like righteousness by faith. They kind of want to stick with, well, I can do something because I have the righteousness of the law. So what Paul does in Romans chapter 10 is he uses Old Testament Scripture and Old Testament prophets to get the Jews' ears to perk up so that they would understand what he's saying. So what does the Scripture say? Well, Isaiah 28, look at verse number 16. It says, Therefore, thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I lay in Zion for a foundation a stone, a tried stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation. Now watch this. He that believeth shall not make haste. This is what Paul is quoting from Romans chapter 10, verse 11. Whoso believeth on him shall not be ashamed. Verse 11. Uh, Isaiah 28. He that believeth shall not make haste. He's trying to get them to understand that this idea of believing, it's not a new thing. In other words, the nation of Israel, the Jewish people have heard this message before. In Isaiah 28 and verse 16, we see Christ as what? We went, we went through it slowly. He is the precious cornerstone. To who in Isaiah 28? Isaiah is a prophet to the nation of Israel. This is specifically talking about the foundation, the cornerstone of the nation. When we look back at the Old Testament, all of the feast days, all of the sacrifices, the covenants, the law, everything that that nation had, all points to whom? Christ. We understand that, right? All the Old Testament points to the Lord Jesus Christ. But at the end of this verse, look at verse 16. It says, He that believeth shall not make haste. Well, what in the world does that mean? If you believe, you won't make haste. Romans chapter 9 is Israel's past. Romans chapter 10 speaks about Israel's present. 
And why is this phrase in Isaiah 28 put here? Why is it cross-referenced? Why does he refer to it in Romans chapter number 10? What does this mean? You won't make haste. Let's see if we can get some understanding. And to do that, we need to back up two verses. Look at verse 14. Let's read it. Look at verse 14 and 15. Wherefore, hear the word of the Lord, ye scornful men, that rule this people which is in where? Jerusalem. It's to the Jews. It's to the nation. Because ye have said, we have made a covenant with death, and with hell are we at agreement. When the overflowing scourge shall pass through, it shall not come unto us, for we have made lies our refuge, and under falsehood have we hid ourselves. Therefore thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I lay in Zion for a foundation, a stone, a tried stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation. He that believeth shall not make haste. Do you know, this is, reg this is in reference, prophetic reference, to the tribulation period and the main weakness of many Jews during that first three and a half years is going to be this. Things are going to go real bad real quick. And you know what they're going to want? Food, water, safety, and protection. And so in order to get food, water, safety, and protection, they are going to make a covenant with death and hell. That's what it says in Isaiah 28. The beast and the false prophet. And they are going to think that they will be protected because they make that covenant. So, what is going to happen is they're not going to be safe. <laughs> They've made a covenant that's based on lies. The Antichrist doesn't care about them. And so you know what they're going to have to do? They're going to have to make haste and they're going to have to hide themselves because they've been deceived. Does that make sense? Okay? Look at verse 16 again at the end. Remember we said, well, what does that mean? The last part. He that believeth shall not make haste. There will be a remnant that will not believe the lies. And the remnant that does not believe the lies, they're not going to have to make haste because they trusted the Lord and the Lord is going to provide for them. This idea of just, hey, just believe in Romans 10. Just trust me, Romans 10. Paul is trying to get the Jewish nation to see, you think this is, you guys are Jews and now you're jealous of the Gentiles? You think this is a contest? No. He's trying to get them to see, fellas, this idea of you just believing me and trusting me, it's not a new thing. The prophet talked about it in Isaiah 28. 
if you just believe me, if you just trust me, you will find safety and protection if you just believe God. And you can be saved today, Jew or Gentile, if you just take God at His word, believe what He says, and receive His spiritual gift. And you know during that tribulation time, that remnant, the Jew, the, that Jewish remnant, they are finally, finally, going to trust the Lord and they are not going to be concerned with, well, we've got sacrifices, we've got covenant. I mean, they're going to leave Jerusalem. They're going to leave the temple. They're going to leave the sacrifices alone. They're finally going to turn and trust the Lord and call on Him. And then that remnant will be saved. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So that's Romans 10. Paul's just showing the Jews righteousness, which is of faith, He's trying to pull out to them, guys, it's not a new thing. The prophet's spoken about it. Believing on the righteousness, it's not a new thing. Go back to Romans 10. Actually, Romans 9. We talked about it when we preached through Romans 9. I'll just read it because it fits here as we close out this thought. Look at Romans 9.33. As it is written, Behold... I lay in Sion a stumbling stone and rock of offense and whosoever believeth on Him shall not be ashamed. When that remnant believes on Christ in the tribulation in that fulfillment of Daniel's prophetic 70th week, they're not going to, have, they're not going to be ashamed. What does that have to do with me? Have you been ashamed of some things in your life? Because I have. I mean, if we park here too long, a lot of us are going to rewind. We're going to say, man, you know what? I wish I didn't do that. I wish I didn't say that. I wish I didn't get involved in that. What an idiot I was. Why in the world would I? There's some things we can all be ashamed about. Aren't you, aren't you glad that God doesn't require us to put our past up on the big screen and show everybody, amen? Aren't you, aren't you glad that you can be uh, safe and protected because you're in Christ? Aren't you glad that your sin is covered by the blood of Jesus Christ? That's how much He loves you. CNN loved to get some scoop on you and I and push that, put that, post that on their news feed. They'd love to expose, well, they said they're a Christian and they did not Jesus Christ. He says, I'm your advocate. I'll take your sin upon me. You don't have to be ashamed of me. You don't have to be ashamed of the safety you find in me. He'll never let you down. Now, you'll let yourself down. <laughs> I'll let you down. You'll let me down. We'll let each other down. Jesus Christ won't. We rally around the banner of Christ. And you won't be ashamed. He'll protect you, uphold you, keep you safe from all of your enemies. Why? Look at verse number 12 in Romans 10. Next verse. Because the Bible says, for there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. Now that just makes Jews irate. Well, what do you mean there's no difference? I'm a Jew! I have the law! I have the covenants! I have the promise that we're God's chosen nation! What do you mean there's no difference? Well, 
to make it practical, our nation culturally, your nation is full of spoiled, rotten Americans who think, I'm owed this, I'm an American. Thank God for the freedom that was wrought to us, that was shed by the blood of the men that served and fought so that our nation can be a free nation. You can understand why a lot of these old military men are upset in the way our nation's going, can't you? You ever just wake up and drop your knees to the floor and thank God that you weren't put in a communist uh, China camp that where persecuted Christians are? You ever just drop your knees and thank God about that? It might not be, it might not be a bad thing to do. Listen, mamas. Listen, papas. We're blessed. Amen. Amen. I'm telling you, for there is no difference between the rich American and the poor living in India. There's no difference. There's no difference between the Jew and the Greek, the Bible says. For the same Lord is rich unto all that do what? Call upon Him. Amen! You can call upon the Lord and His richness will cover you. The Lord is eternally rich and I say to you this morning that we, could, we should recommend His richness to anyone and everyone. Are you with me, Pilgrim Baptist? Amen. We can go out and share His richness with anybody. Proclaim the richness of His almighty power. Proclaim the richness of His bountifulness and His boundlessness. I'm telling you, it's Jesus Christ. We can proclaim the richness of His compassionate comfort. Is He there to comfort you? Proclaim that richness to others. We can proclaim the richness of His dependability as a deliverer. Have you thanked Him for delivering your soul? I'm telling you, He's rich. We can thank Him for the richness of His eternality as our everlasting Father. We can thank Him for the richness of the flawlessness of His faithfulness. Do you know how many marriages end in divorce? That'd be a lot. Let me bring it home. Do you know how many Christian marriages end in divorce? That'd be almost 50%. That's not good. People are not faithful. They're not faithful. You get around a gray-haired saint that's been married 40 years, 50 years, 60 years, it'd probably be good to stay real close to them. Get a little glimpse of what faithfulness is. But that won't touch the faithfulness of Jesus Christ. It's flawless. He's rich in His faithfulness. Amen. We can thank Him for the richness of His greatness. The richness of His goodness. Oh, the richness of His gentleness. Are you with me, fathers? Are you with me, grandfathers? Amen. Has there been times in your life where you've been a little harsh on the youngin? Have there been some times when you had some anger built up and you took it out on the youngin? Oh, not our Lord. We can thank Him because He's rich in His gentleness. We're here to praise His name. Amen. Amen. We can thank Him for the richness of His holiness. We can thank Him because He's rich. He is our, he is our hiding place. Praise the Lord. Amen. We, can, 
We can praise Him for the richness of His incredible immortality. Go ahead, drag my name through the mud. There's enough to drag my name through the sin and shame and the mire of that. We can drag your name as well. But not our Lord's always rich. Everything He does is rich. Everything about His character is rich. The richness of His justification. The richness is Him as our jealous God. I'm telling you, fellows, you can get a hold of that. You ever have somebody uh, that you thought took a little bit of a wrong look toward your wife out in public? What do you get? You get a little jealous. All of a sudden, the chest pops out. The shirt tail gets tucked in as you hike up your britches and you're ready to... That's our Lord! I'm telling you, He's a jealous God! He doesn't want our love somewhere else. He doesn't want our look somewhere else. We can thank Him for the richness of His jealousy. We can thank Him for the richness of His kindness, of Him being the King of kings, as Him being the King of glory. We can thank Him for the richness of His everlasting love for me and for you. We can thank Him for the richness of His matchless majesty, of His marvelous mercifulness, of His miraculous might. We can thank Him because He's the one true God. He's patient. He's praiseworthy. And He's our protector. I'm talking about the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. We're only on the letter P, folks. We can't exhaust it. Took me some time to put this together. I'm telling you, we can say amen in the church house. Amen. He's rich. I needed a Q word. I'm telling you, He's rich for the qualifiableness of all of His qualities. It took me a couple of minutes to put that one together. But He's rich. It's okay to meditate upon these things. It's okay to drop your head and just kind of think because you're thinking about the Lord and how rich and how good He is. I think it's a good thing. We can thank Him for the richness of His righteousness. The remarkability of His redemption. Go ahead and bring your name up to the Lord in a trial. You'd be guilty. So would I. We've got an advocate who's rich. You can thank Him for saving you as a lost sinner, a hopeless soul, as an ungodly man, as a criminal before the high court of God. We can thank Him for the richness of His salvation, the richness of His strength as our sustainer. He's the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm telling you, you can thank Him for the richness of His truthfulness. He's trustworthy. You can thank Him for the unchangeableness of His priesthood. Thank Him for the victory. The richness of Him is a very present help in a time of need. You can thank Him for the richness of His wisdom, of His worthiness, and as Him as the wonderful Counselor. Praise His name. Bible says, for the same Lord is rich unto all that call upon Him. So what's the problem in Romans 10? The Jews couldn't see that righteousness was by faith to all them that believe. They were blinded. 
the Jewish people were blinded by the righteousness which is of the law. And they certainly couldn't see it extended to a Gentile. A Gentile dog? Those heathens? And it made them jealous. Made them irate. And Paul deals with the failure of the Jewish mindset by telling them, hey folks, there's no difference. It's the same Lord and He's rich unto all. Go to Romans 3. Beautiful passage. I'm sure you all know it if you've been saved any length of time. Romans chapter number 3. Look at verse number 22. Romans 3, 22. Bible says, Even the righteousness of God which is by what? Faith. Faith. Does the Bible say it's by works? No. Is it by your deeds? Is it by your richness or God's richness? Even the righteousness of God which is by faith of Jesus Christ unto all and upon all them that believe. believe. There is no difference. Have you believed on the Lord Jesus Christ? Amen. That is the question. Don't tell me how rich you are. Don't tell me how poor you are. Don't tell me how much of a victim you think you are. Don't tell me what your family has done or hasn't done. Don't tell me anything about your religion, your water baptism, your church membership. What I want to know this morning is this. Have you believed on the Lord Jesus Christ? Have you trusted Him as your Savior? The Bible says, for there is no difference. Why? For all have sinned. Well, I'm not a bad. I'm not as bad as this guy. Come on. Well, maybe you're not. Maybe you'll win the world's best neighbor award, but you won't win that award before God, because we are equally sinners in God's eyes. Look, if you're a murderer, I don't want you as my neighbor. <laughs> if you're a car thief, I don't want you as my neighbor. I want my car getting stolen. But God says He's rich over all. God says we are all equally sinners. In God's eyes, it doesn't matter if I thought about stealing that car or you actually stole that car. God says we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. Now you're standing down here on earth is going to change. You steal a car, you're going to jail and you should. I'm talking about your state before God. Before God. We can all play this game on, well, that's a worse sinner than me, and so I'm going and they're not. No. God says all have sinned. Now, look at verse 13. Romans 10, verse 13. This is the last verse of Scripture we're going to look at this morning. Romans 10, look at verse 13. The Bible says, for whosoever. That pretty much clears it up for me. I'm telling the gospel to everybody. Well, what if they're not elect? The Bible says, for whosoever. I'm not going to go down that rabbit trail. We went through all that before. All that election stuff, you can, you can, you can go back and listen. We'll hit it again in Romans 11. But I'm telling you, we've got a whosoever gospel. And whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Calling, folks, confirms the believing. 
It proves what you believe. And that was a heart-wrenching message to the Jews. And salvation brings about the same result to everyone that believes. It's a gift from the same Lord. And it's not what you hear coming right after Thanksgiving. <coughs> Be good for goodness sake and you'll get a gift under a tree wrapped all pretty. I don't know, last time I looked, people gave gifts to people that they liked. You know what God said? He's going to give a gift to people that are His enemies. And He said He's going to be rich unto all. I don't know, when I give a gift, it tends to be to somebody that I like. Not God. He sent His Son down that tree and He offers a free gift to everyone who would believe. You know, before you believe, you know what you are? God's enemy. You're a criminal. Anybody signing up for that? The gift-giving program to people that you don't like. <laughs> Nobody's doing that. We have the richness of our Lord. It's the same salvation that goes to all who believe. It's the same Lord. He's rich over all. It's the same gift. And I don't have to be ashamed because I can be ashamed of myself, but not because of the lack of results that come from God. You think about it, you got a beautiful limousine. It's beautiful. Nice long black limo, brand new. It gets caught in a, he in a heavy rainfall. It skids off the road, falls into a muddy ditch, it can't get itself out. Well, along that same road, here comes a cheap little economy car, falling apart, mufflers dragging on the ground. It hits that same curve, skids off the road, heavy rainfall falls into the same muddy ditch, skidding wheels it can't get out. Mud's all over the place. So they call a tow truck, and that tow truck comes. And you know what that tow truck does? It pulls out that limo the same way it does that beat-up old economy car. And I'm telling you, you may be the beat-up economy car. <laughs> you may be the one that you don't think is worth much. You may be the one that's been trying to spin your wheels and get out of mud and you can't, but that tow truck comes along and the tow truck does the work you don't. It don't matter if you're the shiny new limo or the beat up old Honda. That tow truck's pulling you out, amen. And God will pull you out of the mire of your sin. Amen. amen. I'm talking about the richness of someone. All who call. All who call. You got a big, beautiful, high-rise apartment. You know, one that you can't afford and I can't afford to live in. It's beautiful. It's ten stories. It's glass on all sides. It costs a lot of money. And you want to go check it out. But you're old. You're beat up. You're unhealthy. You got yourself a broken leg and, and a pair of crutches. And you hobble in there and you haven't shaven in three weeks. You hobble in there, you're going to get, you would have been, I want to get to the top of that hill. I just got to see it. I can't afford it, but I want, to, I want to see it. And standing right next to you, you know what you got? A rich man in shiny clothes who's young, he's athletic, he's in good shape, he's got some muscles. And you know what you do? 
When that elevator door opens, the both of you walk into that elevator. And you know how you get to the top floor? Not by your crutches. And he don't get there by his strength. You're not prevented because of your weakness. And he doesn't get there because of his strength. The same Lord is rich over all. You know what does the work? The elevator. <laughs> you know how you're going to get into heaven? You're only going to get it by being in Jesus Christ. It don't matter if you're rich or poor. It don't matter if you're weak or strong. It doesn't matter if you're young or old. It doesn't matter if you're healthy or unhealthy. Can I get a witness? Amen. I'm telling you, he's rich. That elevator gets you to the 10th floor. Not yourself. Not yourself. We talked about this morning. I'll close with this. Jesus in this parable of the, of the vineyard and the, and the good men that had the, had the vineyard. And he hired some laborers throughout the day. Remember we talked about that, Tom, in the Sunday school lesson? And we talked about it. Third hour, he hires somebody. The sixth hour, he hires somebody else. Man, it's getting later in the day. The eleventh hour, he hires somebody else. You know when even was come, you know what they got paid? The same amount. Wait, you mean I worked eight hours and I get a penny and the guy that worked one hour, he gets a penny? You know that parable? That goodman, that, that owner of that vineyard, he paid everybody the same wage. You know what they got? What they were promised. The owner of that vineyard promised if you come to work for me, I will pay you a penny. And at the end of that day, they receive what they were promised by that owner. But you know what, folks? Go ahead and read Matthew 20 later today. It really wasn't an earned reward. It was a gift. It was a gift. And it didn't matter if you showed up at the beginning of the day or the end of the day. <laughs> you got paid the same reward. You know Jesus during His earthly ministry, you know some started following Him at the beginning? Some started following Him at the middle? Some started following Him a day or a week before He went to the cross? The same Lord is rich over all. It's the same gift. It's the same salvation. I'm, telling, I'm not advising anybody here to wait until you're on your deathbed to call out to God. Amen. But if you are on your deathbed and you've got less than an hour to live and you've lived a horrible, ugly, sinful life, if you call on the Lord, if you believe in your heart and trust Him as your Savior, the same Lord is rich over all. Amen. You will receive the same salvation as someone that was in church their whole life. Why? Matthew chapter 20. Jesus is trying to teach them it doesn't matter what you do. I made a promise. I will keep my promise. And if you trust me, you can't go wrong. Look, don't be like a jealous Jew. Paul is trying to get these Jews to understand this. Don't you be upset at those Gentiles. I am rich over the Jew and the Gentile. Christian, if you've been in church your whole life and your mama raised you in church your whole life, just praise the Lord. Don't get upset at somebody that got saved at their last hour because they lived a wicked life. And now they trust the Lord and they get to go to the same heaven. Yeah, because you're in our mind, we think, well, I just lived better than them, so I should... He's the same Lord. He's rich over all. You know what I do want? 
You know what I do want? I do want some rewards. We're going to be in the same heaven. Don't waste your life in riotous living and buy into this idea of cheap grace. Well, if God saved by grace, I'll just live how I, how, how I want. No, don't do that. Why would you want to do that, number one? If He's rich overall, if He's been good to you and you've been so bad to Him, I'd be grateful and just want to live for Him. Amen. But it's your choice. I can't scare you into doing it. Preachers have tried in the past. But He's rich overall. Are you going to trust Him? What are you going to do with Him? Salvation is nothing you achieve. And the world hates that. Because it's all about the world is all about you being number one. Me achieving. You earning. I'm stronger than that person. I'm healthier than that person. I'm better than that person. I'm telling you, this world hates the gospel message of salvation. It's by God's grace. And it has always been by God's grace. And you know what Jesus had in the parable in Matthew 20? He had people that gave up a lot that followed Him. But you know who He also had? People that really didn't have much to give up. <laughs> Don't be jealous. God says, look, I can be rich overall. And He's trying to help these Jews see. Don't be upset at the Gentiles. Righteousness by faith. My prophet Isaiah told you about that. It's not unfair for the Lord to give to His people what He said He would give to them. And if He said, if you believe on the righteousness, He will give that to whosoever would believe. Amen. He's not unfair. He is absolutely righteous and fair. The, the Lord is rich overall. You know what fair is? What's fair, Brother Tom? Death. Death. You know what fair is? Hell. You know what fair is? Separation from God. You know what fair is? No redemption made. You know what fair is? Christ never even thinking about you. We, we deserve hell. But Christ loved us enough to go to that cross and die for our sins. I'm talking about somebody that's rich. Rich. Don't you dare be upset that the guy that you think shouldn't have been there has got the same pearly gates that you've got. Come on. Don't think that he should get some run-down rickety fence. Don't be upset because they've got the same street of gold that you've got and you thought they should have got a, a pothole-filled dirt road. Don't be upset. He's rich overall. Don't be upset. You think somebody should have got some shack with the roof falling off and they've got the same house with many mansions as you got. God said He's rich over all that would believe. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. If you haven't, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. If you haven't done that this morning, pass from death to life by believing on the Lord Jesus Christ.